0: This is a More Than Just Podcast production.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 373 of the More Than Just Code Podcast. My name is Tim Mitra. I am in Toronto, Ontario, and I'm joined once again by Mark Rubin down in San Jose, California. Hello. And we also have Jaime Lopez Jr. on the line in Seattle, Washington. How's it going? Going good. Um, let's. Well, so, as usual, we'll start with fact check. And uh, the last time we were talking a while ago was that we were talking about uh, the double tap feature on the uh, Ultra. I guess it was right. Um, and uh, we, I, I, I had saw, caught in the video that the man had mentioned that it uses. Uh, minute wrist motions, and you guys both harped up that said that it uses accelerator and gyroscope, which is correct. It does use the accelerated gyroscope, and optical heart sensor, uh, detecting detecting minor, minute wrist moments and movements. And um, I'm still using it. I still I still be using the um the well, not that one, but I'm using the the um haptic touch, mm. which is fine. And speaking of which, I got to charge my watch because it's down to eighteen percent. Yeah, I use the haptic to touch all the time to, to save me having to, you know, reach in. I, I'm not really wearing gloves. I'm just starting to wear gloves now, but I'm sure in the wintertime it'll come in super handy. And when haptic to touch doesn't work, I use my nose. So oh, for those of you driving at home. All right.
2: Gloves. Oh, yeah, you live in a cold place. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. You, don't, you don't have to take your gloves off and your scarf off and your mask off when you're in California, more When I
2: go skiing, I do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Where do you go skiing in California? Like Tahoe, Tahoe. Oh, okay, cool, nice. All right. Um, so this is—it's a kind of an old story, but I thought it was kind of interesting because it's—it's kind of as Greg used to say on our show, everything eventually becomes follow-up. Um, I'm still fascinated with the original Apple Watch made of of gold, right? The seventeen thousand dollar gold model. Um, well, I'm I, as of like uh, October third, uh, it is no longer available to be repaired, so it's now officially obsolete. Yeah, and also the 2017 MacBook Pro Touch Bar is also now officially obsolete. Apple Apple will not repair those anymore. So
2: I wonder if there's yeah, a, Mark, there, still have I wonder if there's a third party service that will replace the guts with something more modern <laughs> in
1: the seventeen thousand yeah, dollar gold watch
2: exactly yeah well yeah I, don't I mean, why would you want to you know, throw you don't want to throw away your seventeen thousand dollar gold watch.
1: Why would you throw away $17,000 on a gold watch? Well, that's a a different story.
2: But, you know, (laughs) but assuming that you had already bought it, what are you going to do with it now? You can still wear it around, I suppose.
1: Yeah, I don't know. No offense to people who have lots of money, or maybe. um, I think that people who buy a $17,000 gold gold watch probably wear it once and then forget it and put it in a drawer and pick up their, you know, $50,000 whatever watch and put it on, right? Could be, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, it seemed it just seemed really
3: odd. I it would be shocked if anybody was still actually using the stock version of this because yeah, that's the original Apple Watch implementation was really painful, and I can't recall mm. how much you could upgrade software-wise. But they made some radical improvements really rapidly in this line. So if you were somehow still rocking a seventeen thousand dollar gold watch, I'm mean, gonna guess it was just. A fashion item as a bangle and you may not even have charged it and turned it on <laughs> right i seem to yeah. i
1: seem to recall i think uh i want to say like uh, watch os4 was the last ver- like i had the og watch i never had the gold one but i had the og watch um and i recall i think around four it was getting to be to the point where i couldn't upgrade it anymore and that's i think that's about the time when i bought the the next watch right um and I I wonder if the battery would even last. Because, I mean, I don't know if you remember, I, as far as I know, all of the watches are the battery and everything. The logic board is all sealed, right? And so it's not like you can even replace it. So it's an interesting interesting business model for people, Mark, to, to uh, replace the guts of a
2: $17,000 gold watch. Replace yeah. it with just a regular, everyday, non-smart watch, <laughs> right? Just a <the> face <laughs> yeah, that... With a winder with, on yeah, it, yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> With Mickey Mouse hands Exactly. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 That'd be cool. It's like uh, I don't know if you I, were you when you were a kid. I don't know how old you would have, have to have been, Mark. But I had. Remember the red it was like a red, uh, ruby red dial, and it had like the LED lights. It was like I think it was like seventy five or something. Yeah, but uh, Well the one,
2: the one I had wasn't a dial. It was just the red LEDs. The, those are the first digital l- watches. Little tiny light bulbs. The digital, right? first yeah. digital watches. Yeah,
1: yeah. And yeah. if you remember, it didn't it didn't support leap years. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, because I think it came out in 75, and of course we have to fact check this, but and in, obviously in 76 it didn't do February 29th, that was the problem mm. with it, right? So I had one of those back in the day, I wish I'd kept it, but I don't, I can probably just toss it, or whatever, I can't remember what I did with it. Mm. And Jaime, you had this story on um, Warren's Code, do you want to run through it again? It hadn't happened at that point.
3: Now here it actually has because I'm taking a look at my subscription. So Apple TV Plus and a whole bunch of other services. If you haven't noticed by now, they're more expensive, and there's there's new tiers, uh, new tiered prices for uh, Apple One. So I ended up switching to Apple One. It is now 19.95 per month US, whereas the individual services would be what did I add up to 29. So Apple Music at 11 bucks, Apple TV Plus at 10 bucks. Uh, Apple Arcade at seven bucks and then a dollar for the fifty gigs of iCloud storage.
1: So, so you're saying you switched to those because the one program was cheaper than buying them separately?
3: Yeah. It, in my head, I said, well, if I get Apple already had Apple Music, I've been watching Apple TV Plus. So that's eleven plus ten, that's twenty-one dollars. Uh, iCloud, you know, that's another buck. So twenty-two bucks. Um, I'm already saving Money there, and then Apple Arcade at seven dollars is essentially just a a pack in for free, right? So you're earning money every month on this. (laughs) That (laughs) that bank account keeps growing with all these savings.
1: Mm. Well, for those who driving at home, I'm on the Premier Apple One, and it's forty four ninety five Canadian. I don't know if that feels like an increase, but I don't recall what I was paying before. So, when did you think that? uh, When did it say when the date the date was going to change? Do you know? It just changed within the
3: last week or so, I think. Uh, and plan wise, you have the Premiere, so individual yeah. at nineteen ninety five a month, uh, family at twenty five ninety five, and looks like Premiere is thirty seven ninety five. Does that match? Yeah, that matches what the article says. I am looking at my phone to see what these are and the actual subscriptions.
1: I'll look at notice from Apple about my last renewal. I'll carry on. I'll, I'll look at it later, but. Yeah, I have a feeling that's an increase too, but yeah. Like, I think it was going up like $4 or $5 for the Premiere. According to this article, the, the
3: individual Net? went up about $3. Family went up $3. Uh, Premiere went up 5 5 yeah.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. What I from SpotCast. Mm-hmm.
2: Cool. What do you get with Premiere? Right. Do you get arcade and all that with Premiere? You must. Yeah, yeah, which I
1: never use. Yeah. I never use. I use, new, I use news. I in the wintertime, I use fitness. Oh, yeah, news. I okay. Have a yeah. Treadmill. Mm-hmm. News and then music. Uh, I, I do it for i do it for the the two terabytes of iCloud hmm. that's prim- the primary because carol and i share like we long story short we we have the whole apple id thing so we have shared resources and you know it just makes more sense with the two phones and we have like thousands and thousands of 20 30, 000, 40, 000 pictures and pictures it adds up and it takes up less space on our phone like i mean if i had to if i had all those pictures on my phone at the same time that the uh, memory usage would go up too so which means, saves because so I pay in iCloud, but I save in having to get and, and what, hundred dollars, two hundred dollars to get the next model up of phone. That doesn't make sense to me now. That I think about it. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I have free backup in the sky, or not free, but I've paid backup in the sky. And what about Apple Arcade, honey? Huh,
3: yeah, you know, I just mentioned that it, psychologically, I felt like, well, I'm getting Apple Arcade for free now. Um, yeah. <laughs> since I didn't buy with all the uh, money you're saving, yeah. Yeah, I didn't subscribe to Apple One specifically to get Apple Arcade. Um uh, for me it was like, well, I save a few bucks off of having already music, TV Plus and iCloud. Um but Apple Arcade is getting some some newer games, so it continues to get things. Uh I think the headliner here as got, got here in the article is definitely the Sonic Dream Team one, but I've uh, got puzzle games like Not Words, uh, football Manager 2024, that is the soccer style of football for those of us in the U.S. Hmm. Uh, a game we've talked about before in the past, not well, a uh, down well, excuse me. Um, and one that I think I gave up on way long ago because it was uh, a freemium grinder of a Puzzle and Dragon Story, one of those uh, you know, fancy pants you know, match games. You, know, you match colors for things, you match gems, and then, you know, it had a whole sort of uh, loot box mechanism like oh i've got a dragon that's like three times more powerful because it's like a one in 100 chance of pulling this i never finished that because i ended up hitting the the freemium wall of like i refuse to play 40 hours to get to the next level <laughs> you <know>? Right. right. <laughs> i don't want to pay a dollar ten dollars or whatever it was to get to the next one so uh, i might actually turn this on and and uh and try it out and and get past whatever wherever I was in the story back in, like, 2015, 2017, I would guess. So what's the name of the app? Again? This game is Puzzle and Dragons Story. It's very much like a Candy Crush or Columns, okay. uh, that sort of match game.
1: And you thing. get it. It's now included with Apple Arcade, is what you're saying. Yeah,
3: and which means they had to have done something sensible to remove the the freemium wall of like, Oh, you, you get really far and then, Oh, each one gets progressively, you know, asymptotically more difficult to get to the next level.
1: Yeah. I wonder what the advantage to the publishers is of putting their stuff on arcade. I don't know. I don't understand the economics of it. Like maybe did they get like a royalty for people using the app? I guess.
3: Maybe Ooh, I forgot how they, they did that. Um, I'm sure, I'm sure. It's
2: probably similar to, the Apple Apple Music model, where every time somebody uses it, you get some kind of cut, and it, it's probably based on length of time that you play the game. I would think it would have to be right if it were. Yeah, if it were based on number of plays rather than length of time, games would be really, really hard, <laughs> and you'd lose a lot.
3: Yeah, they become
2: quarter munchers. If uh, yeah, if folks are exactly yeah. Arcades, yep. arcades, yeah, arcades, yeah. I actually, forgot that I have arcade. I have the ind- individual Apple One, but I for- completely forgot mm. that I had arcade. And to be honest, I'd rather, I'd much rather have news than arcade bundled in. But that's not an option. You
1: don't have oh, because you don't have the right tier.
2: I don't know. What he's I saying is
1: he's not
3: going I think he's saying he he personally oh. doesn't make use of Apple Arcade, and he would yeah. love to be able to swap it. Of like, well, instead of arcade, going to get news instead. That's exactly what
2: I was saying. Yep.
3: And then there's a whole bunch of people who are like, I don't want news. I want arcade. And and so flexibility and, you know, bring your own, uh, build your own tier sort of thing. Yeah, you should be able to pick three. That would be kind of nice. Yeah. Do do you all have Denny's in uh, California? uh, Not California, in uh, Canada? Uh,
1: I think we have maybe one or two, yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah. So for those who don't know, Denny's, uh, American diner, you know, predominantly known for its breakfast. So they have this thing called the Grand Slam and they have a sort of, pre-made set of grand slams of like, Oh, this one has, you know, waffles with it. This one has uh, every possible meat item, but you can also build your own slam. And I think what Mark wants, and I think I would probably want to, is like a build your own, uh, Apple one tier.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. Well, just when you thought you were done working in UI kit, um, Apple or has introduced a new feature here in the user user loaf, uh, post, uh, They've added view is appearing just when you've gotten used to all the view uh, hierarchy stuff, and what it is is between um, I think it's view did load or sorry view will appear and view did appear. Uh, this one is is a place where you can do more things to your app. I don't know if you guys had a chance to review this, but this article.
2: Yeah, you know, um, I I would have killed for this ten years ago. Yeah, <laughs> literally. Yeah. I mean, well, not literally <laughs> killed, but. But yeah, this would have made my life so much easier. We used to go through so many jump through so many hoops uh to try to size things and and then there was the one time when they when they changed how all the sizing worked. it used to it used to size things used to be in the earliest days things would be sized when the view was loaded, so you could size things and view did load. Then they mm-hmm. changed that, so all of a sudden nothing was sized in load. I mean, literally, you know, you you upload, you upgraded your Xcode one day, and everything stopped working. <laughs> uh, and yeah. and and that that was related to when they, um, who remembers this? When when the when an in interface builder, the templates stopped being phone shaped and just became squares. Yeah, square. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly the generic what it size happened. squares. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly when it happened.
1: They reverted that too. Now I just noticed. I opened up an old view a while ago, and it, it changed from a square to like a regular shape. Right? Oh, did it? Um, yeah. It's,
2: yeah uh, it was, it's so long since I've used Interface Builder. Now I don't know.
1: Yeah. So this is cool because um, uh, it, not only like it's an iOS 17 thing, but it actually is backported to iOS 13. So you don't, if you want to use it, you don't have to. Um, if, like I said, if you're still doing UI kit, you, just, you don't have to uh, wait for users to adopt 17. You can you can still use it. Most, I think, a lot of people are using. Most of the phones support iOS 13 these days, right? The shipping phones, not—I mean, not the newer ones, obviously, but like the older ones that people are still supporting. You know,
2: Oh, I can't imagine that any phones that are still officially supported would not support iOS. Oh, you're saying you mean has has iOS? Well, 13. Like I have not an been. iPhone
1: six in front of me. I have an iPhone six in front of me that can't go past 12, right? Yeah, right, right,
2: right, right, right. Yeah, but i man, iPhone six is ancient history at this point. I
1: know. <laughs> like when we started the podcast. Um, yeah, cool. Anyway, yeah, Tim, I, interesting.
3: I did not even notice that particular statement. I read the article, um, but somehow I missed the, uh, this new method. The view is appearing yeah. is back deployable to iOS 13. Um, yeah, I think we've talked for a long time on this show that like, it's normally like, Hey, this new thing is sort guess what? It's not available in the previous version of uh-huh. iOS. You just use the new one. And I think the, open that up a little bit. I think there's a few things that are uh, making their way into, you know, version, current version, minus one, but going all the way back from 17 to 13. People, (laughs) I mean, I shouldn't, that should be the headline here. (laughs) Yeah. Apple does this thing that's back deployable iOS 13. What the heck is it? Oh, view is appearing. That should arguably be the title. Have we seen anything that goes this far back from a developer facing uh, quality of life thing that certainly was, we've seen patches go back a, a little bit you know for security but not that was
2: pre-pandemic believe yeah, or I was say, I, yeah i was gonna say i was at
1: 2020 it combined came out in 2019 because i was at wwc for that one the same year that swift ui came out and i remember ios that's 14 would have been the,
2: tim when when swift ui came out oh no that's when swift came out sorry
1: Yeah, so yeah, Yeah. I was there for that too. By the way, yeah, so was I. Yeah, no, no. In twenty nineteen, when but but I remember specifically that iOS fourteen was the the OS that was going to be shipping, and combined supports iOS thirteen. So that was like, and so I wonder if there's something weird, something significant about iOS thirteen that they could go back that far in this case, right? Maybe some architecture or something that they used.
2: When when was the sixty four bit changeover? Was that the is that the limiting factor for how Possibly, how far back it could go? I don't know. I don't know.
1: iOS 64-bit. We'll ask Mr. Google. Not asking ChatGPT. Uh,
3: updating your app from 32-bit to 64-bit says in iOS 11 and later,
2: all oh, apps okay. use the 64-bit architecture. Okay, so it's even mm. longer longer than that. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah somebody was telling me something about something the other day that that only runs on. Oh, isn't oh um yeah actually today it was a different different thing it was something that only runs on th- oh fontographer only runs on 32-bit but it's still available. (laughs) But it won't run on the 64-bit Mac. Um, Cool. All right. Well, um, the other thing that that I posted in here that was going to be brought up was that, uh, I think we're at, are we at Swift 5.9 already? I think so, right? I
2: really remember what iOS version we're on (laughs) these days.
1: (laughs) Yeah, well,
3: it's 17, 17, 17, 17. Yeah, yeah. It's challenging. as a side note here (laughs) that, like um, since Swift has been decoupled from the Apple events themselves, I honestly lose a little bit of like, wait, so what's in preview yeah. in the open source world, mm-hmm. you know, t- try your tool chain preview versus what is actually shipping. So I'm, I'm like, Mark, I'm like, yeah, that's a good question. What What is available? What is the current latest and greatest?
1: Well, you know, you know why it's kind of, first of all, this weekend we, we changed the clocks back. So daylight savings time is the first confusion. No, that's not the real confusion. I've been working in Vision OS for the last month, right? So I'm still in beta. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. y- even though 17 is now lo- now shipping, right? So 5.9 is shipping, but um, this is new debugging improvements in Swift 5.9. Um, like apparently faster variables with P and PO. I do a lot of PO. I don't know. I don't often use P uh, when I'm when I'm debugging on the LLDB debugger. Mark, maybe you can help me out on that one. Um, is more general but you get more you get more information back from from the debugger when you because of these improvements so you get instead of sort of cryptic you know memory addresses and stuff like that you get like a, a proper like or, or maybe in, like in this example you're talking about you get you would normally get back an int now you're getting back that it's my app delegate that's throwing this thing out and so on and so forth so if you guys had a chance to scan this scan this article
2: yeah i was gonna say i haven't really noticed this but but i'm actually still using xcode 14 for most of the time for work stuff so that's why i haven't noticed it but yeah this would be good i mean you know uh, debugging LLDB and for swift as as everybody knows has been problematic for as long as it's been swift so anything they can do to to fix it and improve it is greatly appreciated
1: what's the difference in p i've used po all the time to basically get the pointer object right what, what's p do?
2: oh uh, what's the difference um p is more general, so p o is is actually print object, right, print so it only okay, worked yeah. with objects, and if you want to do more general things, um, you 'd use p but i don 't actually even know if that 's still true because the the lines have been blurred, and things have changed so much yeah
3: I mean this one is also kind of a nice quality of life one where reading the implementation the p and p o command alias is redefined to the new. DWIM or DWIM print command, which means uh, it is an acronym for do what I mean.
2: You <laughs> know what I want here. I probably yeah.
3: don't want the address. Yeah. yeah. Probably want to see what is this object? Oh, did I make a mistake? And it's actually an integer. Show the integer. It's mm. a human readable, understandable format. Um, right. Using yeah. the tooling that is available to the the whole machinery, especially in a strongly typed language like Swift,
1: um, it's, it's good. It's, a, it's yeah. quality stuff. Cool. All right. And we assembled here tonight to talk about the Apple event that that happened yesterday. Um, but before we do that, uh I don't know if you guys saw that the, the well, you, you obviously saw the the um the key the speech, keynote or whatever you want to call it. Um all filmed in in low light modes and things like that with flyovers and everything like that. So I don't know if you saw this clip here, but Apple posted this yesterday, uh, saying that the scary event, uh, and I'm calling it, scary, scary fast event, was also shot on an iPhone 15 using the USB-C port to, you know, uh, transfer the the image in real time. So it's cool. Like they they attached it to a top of a. Obviously, they just all they did was in this case was they had their their proper movie rigs and they just replaced the you know whatever high tech camera they would have used with a rig holding an iPhone 4, iPhone 15 to get all those amazing shots that they did and uh, you know, they go on, they go on about, you know, how it's amazing and great video and stuff, but I don't know if you just an interesting little piece here on, on the making of those shots that we saw yesterday in, in the event.
3: It definitely had a style, right? Uh, it was cool to see behind the scenes. Um, I did see some people online poo-pooing, like, well, you know, it's got all this other gear. I was like, yeah, they didn't say the entire thing was produced from an iPhone. They said it was shot on iPhone. Right. right. Um, you know, from a Mac. <laughs> like, what? They were, were going to... Uh, Turn on the flashlight or torch, if you prefer that word mm-hmm. for your phone, and just have Tim Cook run around like he's at a campfire <laughs> telling scary stories. <laughs> like, I mean, be, let's be serious here. Like, uh, it's not meant to be. Uh, you know, this entire thing was done with like you know the eleven hundred dollars it costs for the fifteen Pro. It's meant to be like, look how powerful this thing is that we can even do this um, uh, sort of fancy pants. Showing off of what it can do, mm-hmm. people should take it for that. I mean, I thought it looked good. Obviously, well lit. That was one of the things behind the scenes that, that was pretty interesting to me is just seeing the the light boxes that they had filled in yeah. and all that stuff.
1: Yeah. So getting to the event, it was a pretty, pretty interesting, pretty well shot. You know, event. Um, I think one of the one of the funnier criticisms I saw of the event was that probably could have been an email. <laughs> right. Yeah,
3: it
2: was yes, pretty short. a Big part of and- it. Was. And very uh, incremental, I would say.
1: Yeah, I think. Well, I mean, no surprise. We all, I think, everybody kind of anticipated that. But obviously, since the, the logo morphed into a Mac, that we were, it was going to be a Mac event of some type. And and uh, as we know, the the laptops, the MacBook Pros, are due for uh, a refresh, or if not, maybe I don't know if this is an annual refresh now that we're at that rate. But um, so we got, we got three chips. We got the M um, three, which is kind of the entry level. We got the Pro. And we got the Max, and the Max obviously has more stuff, but no Ultra Max, which somebody pointed out as well. But um so a bunch of like tech talk kind of stuff like uh dynamic caching for the GPU. Um I didn't catch much more detail than that, but um I'm not sure what mesh shading was, I forget what that is too. <laughs> but anyway, but I mean from a from a they were comparing it to the original M1, they were saying the the performance cores are thirty percent faster than the M1s interesting when you looked at the charts we've talked about these charts that apple shows in the past they're talking performance per watt now i don't think they actually put a number to i think it was one of your criticisms mark that they really sort of show what was on the graph on the x and y chart mm-hmm. you know in terms of performance but they're now calling it performance per watt um faster neural engines interesting and in, from an architecture point of view and this is basically how the chips are mapped out right mark uh that the m3 can go to 24 megabytes. The M3 Pro can go to 36 megabytes, gigabytes. and the Mac can go. Sorry, gigabytes. Yes, thank you. I was, I was talking about old Macs this morning. Um, and the the uh, Macs can go to 128 gigabytes of RAM, which is phenomenal, amazing. So, yeah, cool. And then of course they introduce a new 14 inch, which is just uh, an iteration with this M3. No, nothing changes on the ports and that kind of stuff. I think they increased the nits, if I'm not mistaken, on the screen. Yeah, they went to 20% brighter at 600 nits. Uh, XDR, L, you know, the Liquor Retina XDR display still. Um, that one, obviously, if you put a Mac then it, can go to uh, 128 gigs. Um, and, that, and has enough horsepower to drive four external high-res monitors. 22 hours of battery life, if you believe that. Um, and they're comparing it to the Intel or Intel Macs, 11% faster. I don't know why they would even bring that number up.
2: Yeah, that that one was a little bit funny because there hasn't been an Intel. Well, I guess the Mac Pro was still an Intel Mac up until recently. Uh, but, okay, I, I, all right. If they're saying it's 11 mm-hmm. times faster than, than the latest, than the last Intel Mac Pro, that's a pretty cool statistic because the Mac mm-hmm. Pro was the workhorse server machine for a long time.
1: Are they saying Mac Pro? They said, well, they said the,
2: the best Intel Mac, right?
1: That, that would oh, be a Mac right. Pro. Okay. That yeah. would be
3: the Pro. Yeah, yeah. I thought this might come up. It's not a Mac Pro, but uh, this very machine that I am using, my personal device, is a 16-inch 2019 MacBook Pro. I believe the, might be one of the final, uh, it, it is one of the later Intel cores. It's a 2.6 gigahertz, six-core Intel Core i7 and, uh, you know, if you're comparing it to that, I think for me, um, I'm probably going to ride this particular device into the ground where in the ground means when it, you know, destroys itself or I accidentally it destroy breaks. it <laughs> or, <laughs> or <laughs> if possibility, or when, um, whenever Mac OS drops it from support. Mm-hmm. So I've been watching year after year. Is that Dividing line has been getting closer and closer. I think they're, what, up to 2017, 2018 that they dropped off?
2: So it's coming very soon. And then maybe you'll be able to trade it for somebody's old $17,000 gold Apple Watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the store right now. It looks like the MacBook Pro 13 is gone. Now that you mentioned it, I, I thought there was an Intel configuration of the 13 Pro. Well,
2: they retired yeah, the, there, 13... the 13 Pro a while ago, right? They they moved to the 14 no, they had, they still, they Pro. St-
1: they still had the. Uh, I thought they still had the the one with the track part. Was that a pro
2: or was that a non-pro?
1: Yeah, no, it was a pro. It was a, it was thirteen pro. Oh, sorry, a MacBook. Yeah, no, thirteen. Not pro an air. Interesting.
3: Yeah, yeah, people were talking about the fact that the entry level MacBook Pro ditches the Touch Bar, uh, hmm. according to the Verge. I remember them saying that. So if you're if you yeah, okay, there, there
1: wasn't there was an M two. You could get an I'm pretty sure of this. I'll have to check the facts now, but I'm pretty sure there was an M two MacBook Pro. With track bar, touch bar you just still got. Touch bar. I'll have track bar. Maybe
3: touch I'll throw bar. this in the show notes. Uh, the device replaces the, talking about the 14-inch MacBook Pro that just got announced mm-hmm. with M3. The device replaces the 13-inch MacBook Pro with an M2 chip that Apple mm-hmm. released last year and offers performances up to 60% faster.
2: Yeah, I'm thinking about getting one of these. It would probably be the 16, I would think, because I haven't bought a new machine for myself since the... For, I have a, still have a, an M1 um, when I when I did that strategy of I'll get the M1 Mini and wait until they come out with a MacBook and then I'll get the MacBook and I never got the MacBook <laughs> or um, and and basically because I didn't need it because you know I always had good machines from work and everything so so I just really I just use my home machine for you know email and all that kind of stuff so I don't really need a high power. Are you fully machine. remote still or do you go I'm fully the office still. occasionally? Yep. Yep. Really?
1: Is there an office nearby you?
2: It's in San Francisco, which is pretty far away. Mm. Yeah. Um, if I go during normal work hours, it's it's like an hour and a half door to door, pretty far. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't do it very often. I also got in some stats here
3: because uh, I figured folks might be thinking about, like, who's who's this for? I know I totally understand, like many of you all listening on the show, that it would be nice to see Apple comparing more with the M2 of, like, how big of a jump is this? And they, they, they talked a little bit, but mostly about differences from M1 as well as differences from Intel. So I looked at my uh, – I happened this week to be replacing uh, my work laptop. Mm-hmm. Um, so the old MacBook Pro was a – 15-inch 2019 MacBook Pro uh, with 500 gigs of storage, which is getting replaced with a 16-inch 2021 MacBook Pro with Apple M1 Pro, and I did not get the storage. I think it's a terabyte, if I'm not mistaken. So I think that's kind of more in line with the cycles that Apple is sort of leaning into here, right? It's not throw away last year's M2, now you get M3, next year throw away the M3, get the M4, certainly there's people who do that but it's really more of these extended laptop replacement cycles that people are,
2: are being sold to i think that's i think that's the audience here yeah. and you can you can even see that in well they they actually sort of explicitly called it out that these are built to last forever right or something like that they they, they said something like that when they were talking about the the you know the, that they're made of aluminum and all of that um, but but the, you know that wasn't a throwaway line right they wouldn't have put that in because nothing is a throwaway line in these things, right? So, so that's that was definitely a message they wanted to get across. But you can also see that in the features, right? There's nothing, there's nothing new in terms of features in in any of these things. It's just a better version of what we've had for a while. Yeah, yeah. Which and there's nothing wrong with that, uh, but but it's not like the they're not going for the you know the iPhone approach where you know look at all the. She was new things you have to have this new phone for sure
1: yeah well there is one thing though the new color the new space oh, black yeah, yeah, color yeah, yeah. they introduced yeah. is only available on the pro model mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. If you get the regular m3 or the m3 um sorry it's only available on the max model i wrote that down wrong um yeah. so wait
2: yeah, if, you, if you want to it's get only the, available on the max i didn't catch that
1: yeah if you go to if you go to the site and, and check out the the, the picker up Mac. Yeah, I looked at this yesterday and, and I was surprised. Oh, sorry, there is a MacBook. Oh, it was MacBook Air 13. I thought it was a Mac iMac. I got excited for a second. I thought maybe it was a 13-inch uh, Pro. Um, Yeah, on the 14-inch, if you want the black color, you have to go to the M3 Pro. Oh, sorry, M3 Pro. All right. No, it is Pro. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so the Max is only on the 16? Oh, yeah. sorry yeah, the black is available on all of the 16 models. No, sorry, they're all Pros. The 16 is all M 3 um, Pro, M3 Pro, and M3 Max, and so the three configs. And then the 14 is M3, two M3s, and then one M3 Pro. So yeah, Pro and higher uh, to get the black color. But I can always go to the hardware store and get some trim-clad black paint and <laughs> right.
3: <A> little aftermarket <laughs> adjustment. Yeah, um, we're just, you know, we're I just, just heard turn the anybody. Off. <laughs> <laughs> that's scary that's scary mac this color um i definitely want to see it in person um i think the yeah. closest i'd seen was the the imax that we, that were also space gray or space black or some similar
1: i think it's like the iphone 7 was black remember it had that black color yeah they had the is the, it the jet black that yeah. uh that
3: was like that um and i'm reminded it's great of- for fingerprints yeah. Well they talked about uh the anodization process that's supposed to yeah. reduce that. Um I think the last time I remember seeing a MacBook Pro that or a Apple laptop that looked like this was a coworker of mine back in like two thousand six to two thousand
1: eight. Yeah, they had a, they did have a black Mac at one point. The the Duo what was it Intel Duo or something like that? They had a white one and a black one.
3: It was a very sleek device. I was uh Mm -hmm. I was impressed and I was uh, at the time a, uh, a windows PC guy. So that's why I can't name what the device was other than it was definitely an Apple product. I'm not even sure if it was a MacBook.
1: Yeah, no, no, there was, there was a, um, I don't know if it was the first Intel duo, but there was a, there was a duo two or something like that. Um, chip core two core two duo or core duo. Mm -hmm. And the low end one was white. And yet the more expensive model you could get in black.
3: Yeah, and yeah. One they, of my
1: customers had it. I was I was envious of that Mac. <laughs>
3: had they started the MacBook uh, moniker, they'd switched away from PowerBook and
1: uh, Yeah, yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Okay, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was before they started doing the 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 one where they milled them. You know, like they, they could block a plastic and mill them out. This mm. was before that. Mm-hmm. Okay, like a mold, molded plastic. It looked pretty cool.
2: Yeah, there actually yeah. there was a time when not all the MacBooks were this metallic color right because right. that was yeah, a new yeah. thing at one time when they came out with that space gray color or even before the space gray yeah what were they like before i don't even remember
1: well, remember they <laughs> remember that one small mac that they had the little wasn't a mini but it was like a little 12 inch uh, mac that was the sort of the first one they went to color like color anodizing the color of the aluminum on them hmm. what was that thing called I don't know. it only had one usb port You remember that one Jaime? me here, let's go to the let's yeah. go to low end Mac. They'll know. I think color wise, when they
3: machined them out of one piece of aluminium, as I recall, they yeah. looked more like actual silver. Whereas, yeah, uh, what they look like now is more like tungsten in color. It's a much deeper, darker uh, sort of metallic color.
2: Oh, they actually. I'm looking. I'm looking at some pictures. They remember they had the. Uh... The old ones that looked like a sort of like a clamshell with the colors, with yeah, the orange and blue, mm, yeah, with the yeah, with the iMac yeah, we, we the look like cream the yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah
1: it had so, a bad nickname. I i um iMac purse or i purse or something. Like hmm. that. Yeah, I found it here. Thirteen inch MacBook from looks like two thousand and six. That's about right where you're saying, I mean, right?
2: Yeah, two thousand six. Yeah, tw- two thousand and
1: eight was when two thousand eight was when they started doing the
2: aluminum, aluminum unibody you can get a vintage Apple Macintosh PowerBook 1400c laptop for 65 bucks on eBay. Oh wait, wait. A minute. 65. There's one there's one for 9.99, $9.99. <laughs> which which one vintage is vintage Apple Mac PowerBook 1400 series laptop? <laughs> it's it costs $9.99 plus $14 shipping. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i have i have um four of those g three um power books mm. and i have i still have my um titanium one the 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 one inch one inch thin as job said anyway so yeah fifteen ninety nine will get you is the entry point for the fourteen inch and twenty four ninety nine is the entry point for the sixteen inch and that's twenty four ninety nine u s dollars u s d wow
2: there's a and there's, there's also, a power book one seventy on ebay running system seven point mm-hmm. five point five or take a guess how much it costs
1: I don't know. Powerbook you're looking for?
2: Powerbook one seventy. Really old one.
1: Yeah no I had uh I think I had a one forty. That's the very first one, right? First PowerBook?
2: Maybe. Anyway, somebody's asking twelve thousand bucks for this thing.
1: What's the deal with it? I don't know. Does it have the box and
2: the manuals and everything
1: like that? That's crazy.
2: And then right underneath it there's somebody's got a one forty five, which is I guess even older for two hundred bucks. <laughs> somebody's got the box only
1: for one for um to one sixty-six Canadian, so one hundred fifty I guess.
2: Okay, here's a PowerBook Duo two thirty, that's the one you were talking about, right? Oh,
1: you know the why that seventeen thousand dollar one, Mark? It's because it's the multicolored one.
2: It is multicolored. The,
1: yeah. The plas- yeah. yeah, the plastic that was a rare that was a rare one that mm. they did.
2: That is a rare one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got kind of a like yellow hand, right. and it's got a, like a red
1: bumper. So the 170, so there, w- there was the 100, the 140, and the 170. They were the first three power books back in mm-hmm. 93, I mm-hmm. think, because I had the 140. And then I had the, I don't know if you remember the first color screen one. The screen was so small that the plastic bezel came in on the sides, the 180. It's called the 180C. I had that one. For oh wow! So it says only like, it only like five hundred
2: of these units were produced and put into mass production in the early to mid nineteen nineties.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Oh, a bit too much. Yeah. <laughs> the other the trick is the batteries. The, the batteries in these things are probably no good. They're they're I think they're um, nickel cadmium back in the day. Mm. Anyway, carrying on with the event, we also got the twenty four inch Mac with iMac with M um, three, Mm-hmm. right. Uh, 2.5 percent faster than an M1 iMac, and four times faster than a 20-inch iMac. I didn't know what they had. I guess they don't have a 20-inch iMac. I
2: haven't seen one of. 2500 percent, right? You said 2.5 percent.
1: Is it 2500? Actually, yeah, we went 2.5 times. They said 2.5 times
2: faster. Right. But you said 2.5 percent faster.
1: Oh, okay. 2.5 times yeah. faster, yeah.
2: which is 250 okay. percent. So I see what you're yeah. saying.
1: Is that? 250%. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Right. It's math. It's math. Uh, 12.99 for this puppy. They didn't have a black one, though. Like, what is up with that? It's going to be for the Pro version. Yeah. Yes. They don't have a iMac there Pro There hasn't anymore. been an iMac <laughs> Well, yeah, oh, a while, right? <laughs> yeah. I guess it's going to happen yeah.
3: next year. We're going to be like, oh, look, it's in space black <laughs> to go along with my MacBook Pro. Um, The colors there, right? Uh, green, yellow, orange. Purple, blue, silver, and pink in, the, in this year of Barbenheimer. I'm going to guess that, uh, that the
1: pink... Well, was you know, they really call good. that red, but you're right. The front is actually pink, right? Because Carol would Carol really like... Red, anything red, Carol, like the red phones, the red... You know, we have a red Kodak DSLR, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, this, this Mac is too pink for her. The front, I mean, the front bezel, right? The back is the back's a, nice, a nice red color, but the front, I don't know. They all, they're all pastel-y, right? Not for me. Not for me. Yeah, they could go a little deeper on the
3: on the purple. That's for sure. That's a, a mm-hmm. long standing complaint that I've had.
1: Mm-hmm. So, going around the table, uh, Mark, you sound like you might be in the market for one of these guys. Uh, I may be.
2: Yeah, I may be. I would probably get the sixteen inch Pro. Is my guess. I may.
3: I'm not in the market because I will. I'll be riding this this Intel one un, until it uh, sees the end of macOS or or poops out whichever comes first. Um, you mean the one you own currently? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have a choice for, for work. So for my personal device. Um, but if I was in the, in the market, I'd have a really tough time deciding because the, normally I would go with the 16. Um, but I feel like they've trimmed enough away, uh, from the physical size of the 14s Mm. where it's Mm -hmm. darn near all screen that, um, between that and the 16, I'm like, man, it's all basically all screen now. Mm-hmm. How much savings am I really getting in terms of uh, weight and uh, portability? I might just consider the.
1: Well, do you know from a footprint point of view, the 14 is not that much bigger than a 13, like because because like they've slightly expanded it, but because you said that like you said, you said the bezel's gone out further. There's mm-hmm. there's no longer a quarter inch all the way around. Um, they're actually the actual unit itself is smaller than than you would think right
3: yeah Um, and likewise the 16 will be smaller than i would
2: think too so i I might have to see these in person yeah so so the question is do you need the extra performance of the 16 versus the 14 i don't think i need the. i don't think i need the perf like Mm -hmm. today but from a well it would let me ride that
3: one (laughs) until they're not even using m chips anymore Mm -hmm. it's a it's a t chip now x chip you know something like that um maybe uh, i do definitely advise for folks to you know get the terabyte ssd you know at the very yeah. least um you're, yeah. you're going to be hurting yeah. yourself uh if, if you get less space even with fancy cloud and stuff and i also think you know maxing out what you can um on your on your ram is going to be a real nice yeah you
1: should ram for sure, yeah. RAM yeah. For sure. Yeah.
3: do you
2: really need that large hood hard drives or quote hard drive anymore
1: because uh, i would say i would say a terabyte but not two terabytes about a two terabyte on my intel and i've ne- I've always regretted it because like a lot of data to lose but um i'm okay with a one terabyte like i used to always have to because i was doing the podcast all the time i always had large files on mm-hmm. my computer and i was all into with the 512 i was constantly running out of space so um one terabyte i think is is a comfortable size i would def 100 percent like whatever the ram like yeah, get as much ram, RAM can afford. Sure. i can tell you right now because I'm doing I'm doing the cause I'm doing a lot of Vision OS stuff on my Mac, um, the simulators and stuff like that, and maybe it's because it's beta, but it constantly uh, overruns the RAM and and you know space and stuff like that. So I'm constantly fighting like, a, like if I work for a long period of time, I find that the Mac gets really really dumb and starts complaining about disk space and mem- running out of system memory and stuff like that. And I have 16 gigabytes, which I thought would have been fine, right, but the yeah, other thing too, Jaime, I just, I don't, I, I don't know if you're not planning on doing Vision OS, you're fine. But because the Vision OS, uh, as of Xcode 15.1, it, you can't do Vision OS uh, development. You can write the code, but you can't preview it or or run it on a simulator on, a, on, a, on anything but Apple Silicon. So it won't run on Intel.
3: I still don't understand how that would happen in a patch release or a point release. I forget which one it was um 15.1 yeah yeah it feels like
1: it it, it means... was pretty hard to it was pretty hard to like i have my intel mac upstairs i occasionally would run stuff on it it was getting really hard to run vision os on there
3: and you think that was a late breaking like product management change or as i'm proposing yeah. here 50 50 shot that it was a release manager oopsie yeah it could be i got to be, check the think... box that says you know universal build but <laughs> they were outputting these yeah. things
2: maybe they didn't use or or maybe they just decided it was (laughs) such a dog to run that you know they didn't want that hassle they just turned it off Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there
1: there were bugs there were i mean like people i saw online people were complaining about who run on intel max full-time they were complaining that they were having trouble um with the simulator i wasn't you know obviously and so when they said that i tried upstairs but just the other day like last week i downloaded 15.1 And then I went to install it and it will not, it won't even install the the vision OS simulator. It says, nope, need need an Apple Silicon for this. So they may be drawing a line in the sand is what I'm saying. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No man shall pop.
2: Yeah. I mean, if, if, you know, honestly, if you're serious about developing for this platform, you're going to need the the performance. I mean, if you're doing anything real, of course. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not in a cash positive position right now, Mm -hmm. but if, I would probably get the 14 inch um, Pro for for sure because I, I don't really like the 16 inch size, but like physical size. But yeah, for me, if I'm going to replace my my current I, and like I have the M1 here that my I did the same thing Mark did. I just got one early early days to try it out mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? So
2: and it's still going.
1: Yeah, yeah. So and, and it's you know it's it's I mean it's funny how you get used to the like. After a while, if things start... They appear to slow down, but they're not really. They're still much faster. I'm glad I have the Intel to compare it to, but um, like, you know, opening things like Photoshop and stuff like that used to be super fast. And as as the binaries get bigger and stronger and faster and whatever, seems to make a difference, right? So what do you think about... So, Mark, what do you think about the difference between, like, you know, the core size of the GPU and the neural engine size? Because the, between the, the four M3, M3 Pro... And the M three Max, the the cores jump quite a bit, right? Like the, the entry level one is ten core GPU, and then the all the way to thirty core GPU on the Mac. Well, How do you? Okay,
2: so if if you're just you know if you're just running normal, doing word processing or you know any of that kind of stuff, it's not it's not going to make any difference at all. It's it's all for graphics, and and so if you're yeah if you're doing like really heavy gaming, uh, then then all all that stuff you were talking about, like that mesh shading and stuff like that, that just means that they do, you know, the way all the all these Unity and stuff or anything based on metal. I mean, really, what it's doing is it's drawing a bunch of triangles, right? And then there's a, a shader is kind of a, a program that says for the triangle at this point, you know, what color should it be? Um, and if you can do that all in hardware rather than doing it on the CPU and software, it can be way faster. Uh, and if you have more cores, you can you can say, okay, this part of the screen over here on the left and that part of the screen on the, over there on the right and this part of the screen on the bottom, they're not really interacting with each other. So I could just take a chunk of the stuff that I need to render and throw it over to one core and then another stuff over a different core and, and different area over another core and just do it all at the same time. And so the more cores that you have, the more things you can do in parallel, this little parallel processing thing, and so the faster it's going to be. But. You know if you're if you're you know doing Xcode development and you're compiling, I, I still don't think Xcode is really optimized for multicores at this after all this <laughs> time because the build still take a long time uh, <laughs> So I don't think you're going to see any so unless you're doing graphically intensive or like trading machine learning models you know where where you can also distribute that in massively parallel, if you're not doing that kind of stuff, then it's not going to help you that much. Now, if you really are doing heavy-duty 3D stuff for the Vision Pro, then, yeah, it it actually could help you. Yeah.
1: Well, so from a configuration point of view, for those who are still driving at home, an M3 can go from 16 gigabytes to 24 gigabytes, or 1 terabyte to 2 terabyte. Uh, The M3 Pro and M3 Max start around uh, 36 gigabytes and can go all the way up to 128 gigabytes on the max. And then for disk, or, yeah, disk, uh, SSD sizes. You have one terabyte, two terabyte, and four terabyte SSDs, and then there's an eight terabyte SSD you can get in the Mac, in the M3 Mac. So, quite a range of configurations between the um, on the on the Pro and Mac side.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I would I would go for more memory before more cores, personally. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. Because the more memory you have, the more programs you can have open, and the more things you can you can keep running at the same time. The more cores you have, uh, like I said, it's just graphics. It's it's purely just graphics, or and, you know something like like I said, training a machine learning model where you need the parallel processing, but you're not doing that every day, most people.
1: What do you think about the HDMI port? I mean, like I've like the Thunderbolt four ports. There's only two of them, and um, you lose one of the USB port, USB C ports because of the HDMI output.
2: Yeah, if you have a uh, if you have a nice monitor, it's probably good. Otherwise. Are kind of a waste what to have the yeah. HDMI
1: no cool cool device uh, like I said i'm I'm not in a cash flow positive position right now but if I because I'm I'm sort in the same cool thought I I need to get to the next chip and I wanted to wait for the m3 as well mm-hmm. um so this yeah this is the point in time so I'd probably go with a pro but again like I thought of probably a 14 inch I thought you
2: were a fan of the airs I guess it's not a, there's not a new Air.
1: I, yeah. I am but I am but am but I don't like the new air I mean the the, they've taken the speakers away mm. from the top panel i mean and and uh i, I definitely wouldn't get a 15 inch air what
2: today. do you need speakers for you wear headphones <laughs> all the time
1: <laughs> seriously <laughs> not all the time uh, no i don't use them all. i don't use headphones i only use mm. them when i'm recording um yeah i don't know i should i guess they should go back and look at the Airs. actually now you say that but, but the macbook Air hasn't well i guess i'll wait for them to get bumped up to the m3 right? yeah
2: i actually think that's a good business to- decision to remove speakers from something like the air because that really is meant to be a traveler's machine and when you're sitting on a plane or or you know or in an office somewhere for a meeting you don't want the thing making noise right (laughs) you wear headphones if you have to listen to something
1: (laughs) yeah yeah i don't i don't think that they took the speakers away they took them off the.
2: oh oh i don't know Did they not oh I, i assumed it was i was going by what you were saying
1: yeah, no, I'm just checking right now, but um, yeah, because there are two configurations of Airs. Just still, you can still get the M1, which is what I have now, and you, and you can get an M2 chip. Uh, on, there's a 15-inch and a 13-inch size here. let not see anything but speakers, three-way mic. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. It's got a three-way mic array and a four-speaker sound system. Hmm. So it's got the with spatial audio. Ooh. All right, then stop yeah. your complaining. Then it does, it does have them, but. Yeah, I guess if I spill my orange juice, they won't go into the speakers, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) That's what that means.
3: (laughs) They should make it like the Apple Watch where you can take it in the water and then it, like, shakes out
1: from the speakers to clear things. spits it out, yeah. yeah. makes that little noise and spits out.
3: So the the Mac event, the M3 event, was a very breezy uh, 30 minutes at 5 p.m. to 5.30 p.m. Pacific time on Monday, October 30th. I believe... This is well chosen because, um, remember, Apple has the MLS uh, pass. Thing. I forget what they call the season pass thing. You know, we see every game. And the Seattle Sounders FC were set to play FC Dallas in the first game of their three-game series in the playoffs. So I'm going to assume that was not a coincidence to be like, all right, we've got to make sure there's a really tight thing that can fit into this exact time slot kind of an unusual one right it's uh, i guess it makes sense that it would be uh, at night because they were going with the uh, you know dark mode scary kind of themes halloween vaguely um i'm guessing that made a, a really interesting set of choices for how do we make sure we wrap this up so that uh, it doesn't bleed into the uh, money making mls season pass stuff
1: i think also they couldn't have do it couldn't have done a tuesday one because of the whole halloween thing right
3: it would have been awkward to do it on uh, October 31st as a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. A week earlier, maybe. A week later, maybe too late. You know, you start b- going into the holiday season and shopping and everything.
1: Well, I guess they had to get it out. They had to get the orders out before Black Friday, too, I guess. I don't know. I'm not sure what the logic is. Why, why the, why, I mean, again, like, well, like I said on top of the show, this could have been an email.
2: Yeah. Right? <laughs> maybe, maybe they did it or in it the evening because we're like short. Press it would run. be a little less, less, uh, Yeah. Less of a hassle for, well, people were like coming, I guess nobody was coming out to Apple for this one. There was no live component. Right.
1: Yeah. I don't know. And, and it was also at the end of the day, like why 5 PM? Like, I guess stop interrupting work day. Maybe. Yeah. Like if you were working in, like, I think, um, Greg, when he was working at, at, he may still do a commute, right? No, he's in, he's in LA now, right? mind. But he was living in San Francisco. He used to commute to Apple, right? Wouldn't you be on the bus? Back to San Francisco at five. I'm trained. Trained. You were heading yeah. back up. Well, yeah, I guess they do
3: so, you know, too, don't they?
2: The, yeah, it's um,
3: it it's not exactly um, sunset because now sunset, at least in the Pacific Northwest, is coming out around uh, almost six o'clock. I'm mean, going to guess in California, it's roughly the same, maybe a difference of twenty yeah, minutes. Roughly, yeah, roughly. Um, and mm-hmm. if you're going to have an event that is Around uh, darkness and scary, uh, you know, vaguely Halloween in the season theme. You know that the rest of the country, minus, of course, Alaska and Hawaii, are already in the darkness, right? Certainly the East Coast is for sure. Um, and again, I think they didn't want to go into the 5 45 p.m. start time of the MLS match. I think it was a, a little bit of schedule Tetris here.
1: All right, let's move on to our picks. Um I got a couple here. Uh I was working on um a new app or something. I forgot what I was doing. Oh no, I was iterating a map. Uh, oh no, I know, I sorry I'm sorry, working working on a new app I forgot. And um so I wanted to do the whole icon thing and uh you still can't I don't know why you can't support uh, vector icons, like why you couldn't just make a ten twenty-four vector and just pop it in and just use it universally, but you still have to make all those ridiculous um icon sizes and uh so this uh, online site called appicon.co, you basically drag your 1024 icon in there, and it automatically creates sizes for all of the things and gives you back an asset catalog that you then just drag into your Xcode code and presto, change Oh, you're done. So that's super nice. You can, you can use um, PDFs, can
2: you? Or is that... I, for the app icon? Oh, that's only like for to... in, in an asset... Ca- well, app icons are in an asset catalog too, but... I, oh, maybe, yeah, maybe for the icons they have to be... Still have to be the custom sizes. Yeah. I don't
1: know. Hmm. And there's a gazillion of them now because there's like i iMessages and there's little emoji uh-huh. guys and yeah, it's like there's like twenty seven thousand of them or whatever. It's ridiculous. Anyway, you just do this. Just drop your icon over there. I mean, from a designer point of view, there is an argument about whether you know the twenty four point one should be specifically designed, but I from my point of view, they look fine to me. Mm-hmm. So I would approve them as an art director, I would approve. Um, my second pick is something I've talked about on Spotcast. I, uh, stumbled across this at a, at a talk, I think NS Spain, Jordi Bruin was uh, demonstrating some of his techniques for building apps. He iterates really quickly come two days on an idea, uh, or two hours on an idea, two days on, on, on the prototyping, and then two weeks to get it out the door kind of thing. And that's sort of his model for building apps. And, but he, he worked a collaboratively with another guy to come up with because I do the podcast one of the things I want to do, um, people ask me for is to create a transcript of the, of the show. So with his app called Mac whisper, I can drag in the MP3 and it goes through and pre uses machine learning and, uh, like a, like a sort of chat GPT kind of thing in it and creates a, uh, a transcript for me. And then I just have to edit a few words that it might get wrong. And then, yeah, like in maybe 20 minutes or whatever, it's done in the background. It kind of just pop it in there, go do other other stuff and come back and it's finished. And it's, it's basically, I think I paid $30 to him for this thing on, on, um, uh, Gumroad. Yeah. So check out Mac whisper. If you're inter, inter, interested in some of the cool things you can do with, uh, with, uh, text speech or speech to text. Um, yeah. And then over to honey.
3: Yeah. Um, speaking of new apps, remember, remember threads being new. Um, it's new enough that people are, uh, Talking about this from from meta or Instagram if you prefer about how they built the app for iOS so oh, if you cool. want to go through this they chose uh, some interesting choices um, you know they, they didn't start completely from scratch because Instagram you know you, you kind of squint at it it more or less does what you would want to do or so you would think so they say well mm-hmm. what if we uh, harness a lot of that stuff? And they went a very interesting route. So rather than starting clean sheet and then pulling in pieces that they need, it kind of went the opposite direction where their initial first build was, let's just replace the application delegate. I was like, what? <laughs> so I was like, wow. Uh, okay, interesting. So it's initially, you know, before shipping, just to be clear here, they start yeah. with like, well, let's just put a new app delegate and just hydrate stuff and see what it does and it's like okay what have you had instagram but it like really didn't have pictures okay well kind of looking close kind of looks like a uh you know a twitter-ish kind of clone and then they go a little deeper and say okay well part of the problem is the main instagram app continues to to move and engineers there might break stuff right. unintentionally because they're not aware of how this other uh, side team is using things so they had to deal with that and try to wrap things around so they've like abstracted a bit, and then they say, "Okay, well, it's looking mostly pretty close, and they say, well, unfortunately, um you know Instagram's sort of main claim to fame is the photos, right and so mm-hmm. when you look at a sort of layout of how things are, everything is sort of like a uh Almost like it could all be done in table view, to be honest, right? Because it's just a bunch of different little rows of like, this is the row that has your profile picture. This is the row that has the actual photo. This is the row that has the interaction things. And then some rows and of like, what day did this occur? What's the comments, et cetera. But when you remove a bunch of those things to make it a little bit more like a, like a Twitter clone it's like, well, I kind of, kind of. Not making all that great use of space right it feels a little too uh, too too filled with white space so it's okay well what if we redesign this so that we squeeze these things a little bit tighter and get a little bit tighter data density and I know this is an audio only medium, but I was aghast to see one of their choices where it was like okay so what we had to do is deal with the fact that these are going to be overlapping icons and and we avatars and we end up using some um some offsets magic to say okay in instagram this would have been by default the uh the profile picture so only show it for the first one but don't show it for every other cell um and it it gets a little it gets a little hacky which is weird you know what i can't actually find them they must have somebody must have called them out on it it's literally not the same article that I saw before. That. I'm looking for the image where they show the cells lining up and they line up, you know, like bananas sort of way.
2: Oh, I think I see that. Oh, yeah. Do you? Yeah. Where there's like three profile pictures in yeah. a row? Yeah. It's right under, there's a what looks like a picture of a painting of a woman sitting on a chair. It's right right below Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. There we go.
3: Yeah, there we go. Where you see like the profile picture of the guy that's like, Tomer uh-huh. bar yep. and then a profile picture on the row that should be where the you know the favoriting the the reposting and then another one for like the replying stuff and it gets really yeah. um, you know it it, I guess kudos yeah. to them to to reuse what they had so they didn't have to start from scratch and so they could uh get an mvp out there but it was, I thought it was kind of a
2: fascinating read to see. Yeah, uh, you would,
1: you
3: would think, you know, if they
2: had the thing architected right, it would be very easy to just use the same baseline data structure with a different view. So all is a new view, new set of views, and that all goes away. All these problems go away, you would think. But anyway, I don't know.
1: Cool. Still built on IG list kit. That's cool. Speaking of follow-up. Well, I guess that's it. So until next
2: time, Mark, if people can get in touch with you, where would they find you? I guess Markr at smopsoft.com. I don't use that email address that often these days, but it's still alive. No. Yeah. Obviously no
1: yeah. And how many people get in touch with you where do they find you? I'm
2: on Twitter as at Dev of the Hair. There is no more Twitter, is there?
3: <laughs> this is one of those challenging things when, when somebody has a, a terrible rebranding, the old brand that people know tends to be the one that's used and I don't want to do the uh the news reporter like X comma formerly known as twitter comma (laughs) because it sounds terrible it looks terrible in in text it's even worse in audio but yeah um for folks who are wondering i i will definitely be one of the folks who is like captain jack sparrow uh waltzing off of the top of the mast as the ship goes underneath the water and i'm just walk onto the dock
1: yeah yeah, no we we talked about this on the podcast last week I think. It's almost almost like I'm, you know, I'm dead with the hair on Twitter. It's, it's almost like his sign off, so we can't change it. It's been trademarked.
3: Nobody has uh has, has taken the 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 lead, which is interesting as as much as Twitter has fallen from grace, uh Threads mm-hmm. that we talked about today, we didn't mention Mastodon, we didn't mention Blue Sky and but we maybe, will in the minute. a minute. Yeah. And of others. Um nobody has really taken the the crown it's really been more of a uh, unbundling of people where uh, as funny as it will be and i'm, I'm sure mark will love this one uh, as a as a huge connoisseur of, of social media uh, linkedin is my new twitter i'm increasing <laughs> for like a professional one uh the, the 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 more uh casual side is is still kind of limping along
1: over on twitter Right. My name is Timetra T-I-M-M-I-T-R-A, on the Twitter machine, on Instagram, on Threads, on Blue Sky, and on Mastodon. So that's
0: where you'll find me. So until next time, we'll see you in the future. Bye. 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 This has been another episode of the More Than Just Code podcast. If you want to find out more about the show, you can visit the More Than Just Code website at mtjc.fm. There you can find a summary and show notes of each episode. We list links to the apps, code, and news that we mentioned on the show. If you like the podcast, tell your friends. Please leave a comment on the website, and if you can please write a review on iTunes. And please recommend us in your favorite podcatcher. All of these things help others find out about the show. We really appreciate your help with spreading the word. We're also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. So use the hashtag AskMTJC. Once again, the podcast Twitter account is at mtjc underscore podcast. Please consider supporting the show by pledging any amount on patreon.com slash mtjc. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.